494, please. God bless you all this morning. I have an old song on my heart that I'd like to sing. I remember Brother Ed always loved to sing this song. Open my eyes that I may see glimpses of truth. Is that your desire this morning? Just want to see more of God, deeper depths and higher heights. Amen. May God have his way. Let's sing this together. Open my eyes that I may see.
can we just lift our voices together and, and worship to the King of Kings? Nothing compares, oh God. Hallelujah. Nothing compares to a moment in your presence, Lord Jesus. Oh, I believe, oh God, that in this presence there's healing, Lord. There's deliverance and there's salvation. Oh, there's power in this presence, oh God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for meeting us once more, Lord. Thank you, oh God, that we serve a living God who's not deaf, oh God, to our praises, not deaf to our needs and our prayers, oh God. But Lord, in this moment, we just want to lift our voices and our hands to tell you that we love you and that you are worthy, oh God. There's no other name like the name of Jesus, oh God. Truly, oh God, mountains bow down and the seas will roar and every tongue will have to confess, every knee will bow that you are Lord. Jesus is Lord, we proclaim it this morning, oh God. The God that we worship, the King of kings, oh God. Hallelujah, 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 Lord. How we love to worship you, Lord Jesus. For you are worthy, O oh God, of all of our praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be your name, O oh God. Oh, we're just going to prepare for prayer in this atmosphere. Can we sing that song, Christ the Transforming Light? The key of F, Brother Ben. And maybe the brothers would just come and prepare for prayer in the morning offering at this time. But I love the words to this song. And we, we're going to sing all the verses when we get to that last one, triumphant peace is mine. Now Jesus reigns within. Let's just sing it out, but we'll start with the first verse if we could, please. Christ the transforming light, oh, he touches this heart of mine, piercing the darkest. Thank you. 
want to remember a request from our brother Neil and sister Susan this morning. She has surgery on her leg tomorrow. I'm just praying that all goes well. And I don't think they mind me sharing. She has a, the doctors are saying it's a melanoma diagnosis. I believe it was stage two at this time, but we don't fear cancer. We have a word that is greater, a God that is greater than cancer. So let's just remember our sister Sue at this time. We know there are many needs in the body. As our brother Michael comes, maybe we could just join our hearts together, if you would please, brother. Precious Lord, what an atmosphere we're in this morning. An atmosphere, Lord, that we desire with all our hearts to be in continually. Lord, to be in the presence of the Lord. And Lord, the song that my mind goes to is I only feel at home in the presence of the Lord. Lord, that's where we desire to be. That's where we feel, oh God, the love and comfort of our Savior. Lord, because, Lord, that's where we belong. There's a seed, as we've heard over the recent services, Lord, that draws us, Lord. And Lord, is placed there by your hand. Lord, you put your seed in our soul. And, Lord, so, Lord, we cry out and we desire and we long to be in your presence. Lord, that's why when you come and you start to walk amongst your people, Lord, we just desire to worship and our mouths would open in praise and adoration because, Lord, we're longing and desiring to continually be in your presence this morning. Lord, we would, would desire that our worship would draw you down. Lord, not that you would stand afar off, but Lord, that you'd come so present and so near, oh God, to your people this morning. Not to fulfill a, a time slot on a Sunday morning, but Lord, oh God, as they would have, Lord, made their way through the streets and up into the hills. Because Jesus was here. He's in our city today. He's here to speak to us. He's here to meet our needs. Did you hear that just a few days ago he healed the lame and he healed the halt? Oh, if we could just get to his feet this morning, maybe he could meet my need today. Maybe he could meet my burden today. Oh, God, if that could be our strong desire this morning, that, Lord, all else doesn't matter. But I just need to get to the feet of Jesus this morning. Oh, that's our opportunity here, oh, God. Lord, Sister Sue's need, Lord, is her. she has a cancer on her, on her leg. Oh, God, she could come up to Jesus' feet this morning. Her faith would ring out, oh, God, as Bartimaeus, and it would reach your ears, oh, God. Lord, that would be our cry this morning. Our faith looks up to thee, O Lamb of Calvary. Oh, God. Lord, as the song we sung, mountains tremble and the seas, Lord, they roar at the sound of your voice. Lord, if the seas would, Lord, would quit and find their peace, surely the demons, oh God, of this world would tremble when you speak. Lord, as legion as you heard on Wednesday, oh God, was loosed at the sound of your voice. Lord, this morning, would, Lord, that supernatural realm ring forth, oh God, with the power of your word as Brother Tom would come to speak, Lord. And Lord, would not the earth tremble, but Lord, would Satan's kingdom tremble this morning? Would demons, Lord, be put at bay? Hearts and souls that are bound by sin would break at the power of your word. Lord, we're giving you complete control this morning that you would have your way in each heart, in each mind. Lord, you'd answer needs, you'd answer questions, you'd bring burdens, Lord, down, you'd lift them, oh God, you said your yoke is easy, my burden is light. Lord, people, some weighing maybe different aspects of their world and their life, Lord, you can come and meet their need this morning. So we give you this way, we give you the offering, we give you the giving, use it to your glory, use it to further your kingdom, use it to save a soul. Lord, you would 
have Lord your way today take Lord brother Ryan to worship may we be at liberty this morning not to hold back our worship but Lord to sing and with all our heart all our mouth all our strength all our mind every aspect of our being we dedicate it to you this morning in the name of Jesus Christ we pray seats as we take up the offering. Isn't he lovely? Amen. What a God we serve this morning. Amen, Brother Ben. Maybe you can just start playing, if you would, Healer of My Heart. G, if you could, please. We want to remember that there's a communion service next Sunday evening. That's going to be at 4.30 in the afternoon. Communion and foot washing here. Also, there's a baptism after the service today. Another young man getting baptized. Brother Horeb, God bless you. Grateful to see the Lord moving on our young people. Amen. We're just going to invite Brother Tom to come when he will and take his liberty. And we'll just sing through this song. And he can just come when he feels to, Brother Tom. Let's just sing together. Healer of my heart, if we could, please. Oh, you are the healer.
He indeed is the healer of the broken pieces, and that's very much in line with where I'd like to speak this morning. It's nice to see each and every one of you in your places. God bless you all. To me, it always means something special. When we come into the house of the Lord, we haven't come to a place to put on some sort of religion. But God in his grace has come down and met us in the power of his resurrection. And who would have thought that God would bring such people like us together? So many vast different backgrounds, characteristics. As Brother Briscoe said, I believe it was in the long church when the computers first came out. He said, if you put every name in that computer and said we were going to fellowship together around the body word of the son of man what would that computer do he says I think it would blow up in smoke because it's impossible to have any common ground outside of Christ it's just impossible and I thank you this morning for being here and I trust that the Lord will speak deeply into all of your hearts and mine well, I have an old friend that's sitting way in the back down there. Yeah, I know Gil's terrible, isn't it? I know. Been friends for a long time. Stood in your wedding. Karen. Brother Gil's birthday today, he's 80 years old. That's a wow. his 30s when I met him you still look 30 Gil you gotta tell me your secret <laughs> gotta be the gene pool as one brother said to me this morning he said is the youngest looking 60 year old that I know God bless you you've been a, a friend brother an example and a pillar in this church come from the house together we'll go to heaven together may God crown your life with all your heart's desire brother Gil God bless you we have a baptism this morning brother Horeb I believe that was announced brother Patrick are you hiding upstairs there God bless you he's a happy dad I'm a happy pastor amen brother Horeb made me proud the other day I didn't understand or didn't know what was going on the other Sunday when we spoke he stood up here and Brother Patrick wasn't feeling very well and he stayed home and he thought what's Brother Patrick or what's Brother Horeb doing up there and the brothers were occupied with prayer over here and I came back out and we had the privilege of knowing each other they introduced themselves after COVID or I got to know them and I think Horeb grew about six or seven inches by the time we've met then I said well I, I need to have your name he says I need to get baptized brother Tom I said who well who are you he says I'm Horeb I go Horeb what happened and uh, God is so rich in mercy 
And God had been dealing with Brother Horeb's heart, and he's going to the waters of baptism this morning by the grace of Almighty God. And we're just so happy for that. Amen. I'll keep that for that. Well, let's stand. I want to, I mentioned, um, I just had a little bit of a note here. Um, the prayer meeting on, on, on last Monday night was a very, 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 very special event. I don't think you'll get too many. I don't know whether the Lord moves like that too often. Sovereign Dan. Brothers, um, put up some prayer requests for the saints and and Brother Sam had a, a an audio that Brother Ben Drake had sent him thought it would be good if we would hear that audio of the prophet speaking on faith and it just seemed like at the end I just and I was just praying I'm just there to support the brothers I, I mean I've, I'm at the pulpit all the time I don't need to say a thing but I'm there to support and I'm there to pray and I just thought, you know, Dan, don't don't lead in worship. Don't lead in a song today. Don't lead in a song today. Just let's go to prayer. It was that kind of an atmosphere. And we did. We didn't. Dan says, I think we'll just stand and not sing. Let's put our arms around one another. And let's ask the Lord to do something. And I don't know where time went, but it was an eternal time. And I want to thank the dear brothers that come faithfully. And some can't at sometimes. I, I can't make them all. But it has made this church strong. A bond of strength and love to one another. It's been very special. And I just thank the Lord for these faithful brethren. We had over close to 60 on, on Monday night. They're not always going to be the same. And we don't expect them to be. Those times that are, that are special, we want to thank our Lord. We do. If you say, well, you don't have three services. Well, if you ever come to a prayer meeting, you'll find out we're having a service. And we're there longer than we have a normal service here. So God bless you all. And thank you, sisters, for allowing your husbands to come. Because I know that's a night without them. But it's a night with the Lord. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus over every heart and every mind. Because I know.
Father, we love that name. It is the name above all names. There's no other name under heaven where men might be saved but in the name of Jesus Christ. It's lovely. Altogether lovely, Lord. We have seen the grip of Satan loosed by that name of Jesus Christ. We see loved ones standing here, Lord, that have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. So, Father, as we look to your word this morning, I only want to lift up that name. I pray, Father, that you will bless the word. That those that have come, Lord, to see you high and lifted up in the word, I pray their hearts will so burn within them. We will speak Jesus on the mountains. We'll speak him at the grocery store we'll speak your name at work we'll speak your name Lord but most of all we'll live it for we love it so take the word Lord and break it to us now in Jesus precious name I ask it amen amen God bless you
bless you all. Great to see you. Turn to John 1, please. John chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. Every service, as you know, is different. And I, I feel that this church has been well-fed, not only by myself or by the brethren that stand here, by the ministers that come through. And I've had so many of your emails and texts regarding that. Thank you for that leadership of having Brother Steve Nabali. That was recent. They said, well, we've listened to that a number of times, and I'm so happy because it is a body ministry. It's not a one man. We had a one man, and that name is Jesus Christ. And then God sent a messenger in this age, and there's, that prophet was a one-man ministry. He's a prophet to an age. And without that message and that messenger, we have, would all have very empty lives. Very empty lives. You know, I, 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 you know I, I'm just going to relax this morning rather than preach to you. But if we could realize the power of this message. It's not a casual book on the shelf. Because as you'll find, as you get older, these messages are Christ himself. And each one in particular is a reflection of that Christ we love. And so every message is important. And we thank God for a faithful messenger to this age. It's Thanksgiving weekend for the Americans. So we want to be thankful, don't we? Thankful for what God's done. I preached on it years ago. Really, if, you're th- if you have Thanksgiving, you have a thanksgiving. If you're thankful for Christ, and Christ is everything to you, you will live that life. It's a thanks living. So I'm thankful for you. As Brother Bram said, if you weren't there, we wouldn't have anybody to preach to. And so we're thankful for what God's done in all of your lives, from the front to the back to the top, to side to side. You know, you find out you only have a few breaths in life. I neglected just the other night, Mike and Debbie... I thought of Michael being wrapped up in a blanket on your bed. Just down the street from us. Where did those years go? Where did those years go? And then you'll find out that everybody around this room that is young, you'll find you do, yet your, your skin's, what they call it, creepy skin? Oh, that's a terrible thing. I, I read that years ago and I said, Lord, help me never get the creepy skin. And guess what? I looked at my hand the other day. It says it's creeping. <laughs> but we have a land beyond the river where it's called the sweet forever. And what a promise that is as we see the events of life and time go on. 
And we've spoken now for the last three or four services through Daniel 70 weeks and through Feast of the Trumpets and recognizing your day in this message. And I know different ones and your kind and your remarks. I, I, I just thought I'd just look at it a different way this morning and look at a scripture. And I don't know how it will go or how the meeting will go, but we just want him glorified. So if we would read then first, I'm sorry, John 1 and verse 22. Now they've come to him to give you some background. Here is a, a messenger's come and, and a learned man and they didn't know who actually he was. They didn't have a clue. So then they said unto him, who art thou? that we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? I want you to just notice that little question there because that's the title of my message. What sayest thou of thyself? And he said, I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness, Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. Let's pray. To me, Lord, it's a very unusual, maybe title or text. But Father, if you would help me this morning, and that you would break it to us, Lord, as you did so often, whether it be the young boy's lunch or the 5,000 on the hillside. In your hands, Lord, you could feed every one of us. So just take this word and break it to us, Lord. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. May I have your seat. I don't know. I don't know if it's my age or a season, but it just seems for me, um, the Lord's close and, and I'm thankful for it. I guess one day as the old songwriter wrote, swing low sweet chariot, that's what I'm waiting for. That's my hope. My hope for you all and my desire for you is God will swing very low and take us home. We're coming to that time that it seems like Satan is causing it to happen quicker than you can imagine. But I don't want to speak on, on the events of the world right now, I'd like to take a look at what the prophet said regarding the time that we're living in. I'm breaking it down in a couple of parts, and actually I have three parts. My second part's already printed out, so we either have a long service or we'll just break it down to another service. What sayest thou of thyself. 
If you take a look at the, uh, just the title or the scripture that we're reading about, and I might yet, I might not, but I might yet, I might have a microphone, and I might have one of the deacons pass it around. I might ask you the question, what sayest thou of thyself? If you ask certain people whether or not we've all been in the workforce and we've all been around certain people that are narcissistic or self-centered and egotistic, can I add anything else to that word? If you ask them, what thinkest thou of thyself? We'd probably be here a, a long time because they feel they're the center of attention. But I'd like to take a look at it in two forms. What thinkest thou of thyself pre-Christ? And what thinketh thyself after Christ? It's not a, just a subject to look at it in, in one parallel thought. I'd like to take a look at what were you, Wes? What thinkest thou of you before Christ? And what thinkest thou now after Christ. And some of you have been so lovely and had the grand privilege of being raised in godly homes with atmospheres conducive to bringing forth a real Christian life. And, and you're marvelous to me. It's amazing that God could keep you by a word and that you would love him and worship him. To me, that's grand. And I, I did not have that. And yet, you can still realize what you were, what you thought of yourself before Christ and what you were and are after Christ. What sayest thou of thyself? So, to lay a little bit of a background and, and foundation, you, please bear with me. And may I just do something that's a little abnormal. I'm just going to go like this, and you've never heard a quote ever in your life. And every quote I quote, you've never heard. I just... So now you're never going to say, I've heard that before. Okay. So every quote I quote this morning is all brand new. So what thinkest thou? I know what I thought of Tom before, but that wasn't the real Tom. The part that I love about that scripture we read this morning is not only what sayest thou of thyself, that is a great question. But the, the answer that came back, he said, I am the voice 
that crieth in the wilderness. They tried to question who he really was, but he knew who he was. So I'm not here to cause a doubt or question in your mind. I'm here by the grace of God to help you realize who you are in Christ. So that you can say, what sayest thou of thyself? I'm a son of the living God. I've been birthed by the blood of the Lamb. I'm redeemed by his infinite mercy. Let me help you, young fellas. I was 21. Got smacked up between two cars, put into a hospital for seven months. First three days, I was somewhere. Who knows where? And when I started to come to, I was in a four-bed ward. And in that four-bed ward were obviously four different characters. And one of those characters was a biker. Patched biker. So I guess my, my blanket started to stir. And all I could hear in the distant, 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 distant was this voice that said, He's alive! I guess I've been comatose or wherever I was for three days after the, the hit. He's alive! Break out the booze. Let's have a party. And I'm hearing all this chatter as I'm coming back to earth, wherever I was, you know, floating in some distant fog. And I'm laying there, and I don't, I don't even, even know what, where I am right now at the point of the time, but I know who I am at the point of the time. So he says, let's break out the booze. Let's have a party. He's alive. And there was a little bit of a, quiet because everybody's looking at me seeing how I'm coming to and, and all of a sudden all I remember saying is praise God I'm a born again son of the living God purchased by his blood that's all I knew what sayest thou and then he goes oh no He's religious. I said, I am not religious. I'm a son of God. What sayest thou? It's always a great thing to proclaim. But in that proclamation, we don't become sons of God by... Osmosis. And that osmosis, Clemens, is not because we come to Bible way. It's because we've had a born again experience with Jesus Christ 
knowing him in his salvation and his grace. Brother Bram said this invisible union, being separated. He said he's talking about the Thanksgiving. He said, and here they came over from England and Europe. They, they wanted to separate themselves from those old denominations and all those creeds. And they wanted to be married to the anointed word for their age. That's right. The new anointed word for their age. They separated, and now he's laying it down for us. We are separated. We are separated. We left homes, families, churches, friends, brothers, sisters for a new land, Beulah land. He separated us, and he opened to us a new land called the message of this day. He opened up the seven seals of the last message. Now, you might hear a few quotes or um, statements made, and we, when we say seven seals or seven thunders. I don't want you to regress in your mind and thinking that is some deep thing. God sent a messenger and his first message when he preached the seals was God revealed in simplicity. So Today, saints of God, he has separated us from denominations. He separated us from the world. He has brought us into a new land called the message of the hour. And we've been married anew, and that new is Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is this message. Whether people understand that or not. It's not some books. It's not some letters in a book. But that message is Jesus Christ. And so then he separated us from the world, from denomination, from sin, to marry us to the word. And to be married to the word is to stand for the word. And that's a very key point. Because I will live or die or stand for my wife. Period. No hurt, no harm. I will do anything for her. She's my wife. I'm his wife. And if I feel that in a natural man, what does God feel in a spiritual man? And the, the reason that we can even make statements such as I just made in the last two minutes is because a messenger was introducing us and marrying us here to Christ. So it's not a future event that we're going to be married somewhere in heaven. We're married here and we're going to a wedding supper. Is that all right? 
This is, this is an event taking place. It's an event. And you've been invited, as Brother Michael so wonderfully preached the other day. We've got the invitation. We didn't refuse it. Because if you look at many are called and few are chosen, or you know, those that are the called of God. There's, if you look up in the meanings of calls, there's so many uh, definitions of it. But when it's used as Jesus would use it, that means it's a divine call from Almighty God to bring you to his side. That's God's call. Not to church to say hallelujah and praise the Lord. That's the benefit of the event. That's why every wedding's a little bit different. You got flowers on the side, you got flowers on here, you got every wedding's a little different. But nevertheless, that was an event that you went to. We're in an event. He opened up the seven seals. He opened up the seven seals. He didn't say he opened up the six seals. He said he opened up the seven seals. So the seventh seal went past by him. But if you are a, uh, how can I say, a lover of the message, you will find that he laid out what that seventh seal was through the end of the message. And he would say, the seventh seal is his coming. The seventh seal has been unveiled. The seventh seal is Christ. The seventh seal is Revelation 10, 7. You'll have to, because saints of God, it was something only for those that have got this grand and glorious invitation. Amen. People can argue about six or seven. You might as well get over it. At this church, the seven seals are open. Sorry. End the subject. Because my Bible says Revelation 10, 7. At the sounding of the seventh angel's message... Some of the mystery shall be finished. How can you tie that and say it's not all open? It's open. Who's he? Who is those seals? Brother Brown said in Rising of the Sun. It's Christ. So he opened himself up to show who he was to his elected lady. Hallelujah. And those thunders are those mysteries that have laid in those seals. And you'll find out, Brother Bram says a message after message, Luther knew something was coming, Wesley knew something was coming, Pentecost knew something was something. We are in that something. He opened up, Brother Bram said, the seven seals of the last message. The seven seals, which is all the mystery of the seven church ages, sealed with seven seals. The reformers didn't have come to this time to do it in their day. They didn't have the time. They didn't live long enough. But this blessed revelation of the seven seals is open to us in this last day from a prophecy that went forth to Arizona. Praise the Lord. Satan's Eden. And this is where I, I like to just keep plowing down first before we go up. There is a God of this world that I preached to you last Sunday, the God of this evil age. He is here in deceit. He's here in deceit. 
It's a treacherous, treacherous hour. It's a tremendous time we're living. It's the most glorious time of all ages. Because we're facing the great millennium again. We're facing the Eden again. Right at this age, all the deceit and every tactic that he ever used and been able to deceive with, he's gathered it all together and reinforced himself. I'd say it is a treacherous age. Satan, a fallen angel, the right-hand man, fallen, all treachery, all deceit has been gathered up in this age. People thinking they're getting saved, and they're not. Thinking they're in the message, and they're not. All the deceit, every tactic he's ever used, has been able to deceive with, has gathered it all and reinforced himself. He's come down like God and has put himself in the place of God. He's religious and can quote the scripture. If he can quote the scripture, he can quote the message. That should not be a surprise to you. If he can quote scripture, he can quote the message. Just as Satan did to Eve in the Garden of Eden. But that is why it is so important, and I'm emphatic about this point. Say what he said. Do I have a unanimous amen? amen? Say what the prophet said. The angel came to what the prophet said. And people mix up emotion, antics, jumping, screaming to put on like God is present. We will get into that. There is jumping, screaming, whatever there is in the real anointing. Just as Satan did to Eve in the garden, but leave out one spot of it. That's all he had to do. Make that gap where the poison doctrine of the devil can pour through. Like the thinking man's filter he was talking about the other night. We was talking about. Now he said he would exalt himself above the most high and ascend above the clouds and the stars and he would sit there like God above the most high and he succeeded in carrying out his threats he has certainly had a marvelous success in carrying out his threats by the people letting him explain away in every age the value of God's promised word to that age the value of the promised word to that age. That's certainly how he done it. The value of this message is far past anything Satan can give you 
in this world. In every age, he has explained it away. And we have the naysayers, and we have the do-gooders. But I'm not interested in anything outside of what the prophet has declared. I'm afraid today too many of us are getting people, are not getting people to Christ. We're getting them to a church. I was the worst, Brother Tim. I was the worst. If I was witnessing to somebody, lo, I came in the volume of a book, the Bible says. Brother Ed would always say to me, let him up for air. We want to let them know everything, but they can't see nothing until they're born again. And how often we get that confused. We got to tell them everything. We got to tell them how to dress, how to act, how to speak, and they haven't even been born again. And Jesus said, you must be born again. Unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom of God. And yet we want to pour in the dump load on them. Don't worry, I've done it. But I've learned better. It's not getting them to church, and we've had them coming to our church over this last couple of years, haven't we, Brother Jean? We've had them come and go. We've had them come and get baptized and wives sitting here, wives weeping, wanting maybe what, what their husbands got. But you don't think, we're, we don't fight a war? The minute they come out of the water, the minute they get dressed, the minute they go out these doors, Satan is there to fight that seed. But one thing for sure, I want to let you know that God can never allow Satan to get his seed. Period. So you see people come, people go. We get them to church. We want them to come to church. We do indeed. But we want to get them to Christ. We're getting them to church. We're getting them to a theory. But we must get them to Christ. He's the only one, the only one that has life. He that hath the Son has life life. And that is a key point in witnessing to those that are unsaved. Ken is not here. He says, I, I, I use him too much, so since he's not here, I'll use him. But Ken used to play the organ at the United Church when we went to high school. And Linda would witness to him in high school and tell him he needs to meet Jesus Christ and experience the blood of Calvary. He goes, whoa, that's heavy. But you know, if you give them that sense of God to a seed, that is what they need. Because if you preach them the word, the blood... And they see the life of that blood in you. They're desiring the life of that blood. 
And that's what will draw them. Not the thought intellectually of what happened in the garden. Intellectually, a prophet has come. Intellectually, a pillar of fire is here. It, in, you know, intellectually, seven angels met a prophet. Because if you learn it, you'll lose it. I want you to put that one down. If you learn the message, you will lose the message. If you experience Christ, you can never, ever lose that experience in Christ. To begin with, Brother Bram says, and you must be born again. To begin with, to base back, the reason we have to be born again is because the Bible teaches us all are born in sin, shaped in iniquity, coming to the world speaking lies. Then that shows us our desire to begin with was sinful. Our desire to begin with was sinful to start with. We're no good to begin with. So we cannot claim by our shrewdness, our sincerity, or how great we are, or how little we are, or whatever more, we are altogether born wrong. Period. To begin with, there is nothing at all that we can do about it. First, we reckon ourselves sinners and worthy of condemnation. And we're born in sin, shaped in iniquity. There's not a sound parcel of us. What sayest thou? Of thyself. Well, I could say before Christ, I was a rank sinner. Nothing but the truth. I thought evil, I lived evil, I did evil. But yet, deep down in that darkness, there was a light that had to shine. Hallelujah! So, what was I and what I am are two different people. It's not mind over matter. You learned this and now you're this. It's God rich in mercy. John said, I'm the voice. We should be able to say, I am the bride. I I want 100% for those that are born again by this word of God that you could say deep within yourself, what saith of thyself? I am his elect. I am his chosen. I am his purchased. I've been ransomed. I've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Not mind over matter, a living experience. And when Satan touches you, what Brother Bram said? When he touched Jesus, he got 10,000 volts. Well, then when you do it, to the second person, they get the 100,000. Because Jesus is in me. Jesus has to be in you. So when Satan comes by your way, Anno, you just need to tell the devil, okay, come here, I want to touch you. 
You're getting, Brother Bram said you're going to singe his feathers. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid of the enemy. David wasn't afraid of the enemy. David didn't have the Holy Ghost. You got the Holy Ghost. You are born again. I know in whom I have believed. What sayest thou of thyself? I'm a born again son of the living God. Hallelujah. And I don't need to be worked up. I don't need any of these brothers to work me up. I know who I am. Hallelujah, Brother Roy. I knew what you were. And I know what you are. Thank you. Amen. Brother Ernie's going to have a few crowns, huh? He's going to have a few stars out there. Praise the Lord. And one of them is going to have Roy Florent written right across that star as we pass that land beyond the river. There was not a sound parcel of us, just in case you thought that you were good before you got saved. You're rotten. Yeah. Hey, Ricard, I remember you before you got saved. I remember you sitting right up there. You're rotten. Now, he thought he was good, but he was really good when he got saved. And never been sorry for it since. So what sayest thou of thyself is not looking at the way that you look at yourself, but you must look at yourself and speak of yourself through the blood of Jesus Christ that saved you. Period. To preach salvation, saints of God, Paul wrote Timothy, this is indeed a faithful saying. And worthy of all exception. That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. I was wretched. I was blind. I was foul. If you want to tell it like it is, you tell it like it is. That's what it was. But then Jesus came. Then Jesus came and saved a wretch like me. What sayest thou? I can say with an assurance that I've been birthed by the word. Not by an emotion or not a, a meeting or the music playing or there was nothing that drew me outside of, I need Christ, I need Christ, I need Jesus, I need to be born again, I need to be saved. Amen. That was a driving force. And even when I tried in myself, my parents were say, stay away. That's not the, you don't go to houses, you go to churches. You're nuts. You're crazy. You need to see a psychologist. I said, what am I going to school for? 
That was my major. So how about if I psychologize myself? Isn't that a good word, Ella? That's a good one. Anything you do for Christ will be criticized. But as long as you do it for the word and be criticized, rejoice. You could go to any church and still be criticized. But when you come to the word and you proclaim the word, I would just love it if every, pa- or every, every person in this building that goes to work on Monday morning just stand at your desk or post of duty and say, Glory to God, Malachi, for us come. <laughs> wow! That would change the workforce, wouldn't it? You'll find out how much you're employed by. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that the Bible says in the book of Acts, when they saw them, they knew they'd been with Jesus. And I do believe that should still be the same. That they have been with Jesus. Why? Because when we were that way prior to meeting Christ, Brother Bram said in the message, Thirst, David wrote in the Psalms, the deep called to the deep, and at the noise of thy water spout, thy soul calls. I loved how he says that. Thy soul calls. What sayest thou? Somebody said to me the other day, I remember what you were. I says, I don't. I don't want to remember. Stop bringing it up. But I know what I am. I know what I've been called for. John knew his calling could take it back to Scripture and say, I am the fulfillment of Isaiah 40. And even that boggled their minds. Who sayest, what sayest thyself? Everybody here okay all right already? You drove a long way. Some of you came to church, got all dressed up and looking nice. And you do. And you're lovely. And I'm happy for everyone that's here. Why are we here? I know why you're here. Right, Reagan? I know why you're here. God did something for you, didn't he? He sure did. I cherish those moments. I cherish the moments that I remember seeing people come to Christ. If angels rejoice in heaven, it doesn't say the number of angels that rejoice. But heaven rejoiced, Jack. Heaven rejoiced when we got saved. We come to church. How many here? I I know that we got a bunch of cultures here. So there's some deep, deep um, appreciation for music in this assembly. I I, I get that. That's okay. I don't. I, I appreciate it. I love it. I'm just jealous that you can. Somebody said, did you, see, did you hear that part in there? I go, there's a part? 
I don't know what is a part. You know, they say, well, sing this part. I don't know what a part is. When I, I sung two songs, I think, the same song twice in this church. And you saw me standing here with, with Sister Joanne. But what you didn't know, I, I beat the, the fallen stars at their uh, concerts a long time ago. I lip sank. That's how come I sounded so good. I was behind Joanne. But anybody here know Pablo Casals? Where's our history teacher? Oh, he's not here. (laughs) Who's teaching history now? But anyways, I digress. Pablo Casals. Anybody know him? Real, I only thought of you when I thought read this name. He's the most famous cellist. Most famous. At reached the age of ninety-five. Now, I, I've got a section here, just so that some of the the children might say, "Well, you know, it's so hard, you know, growing up in a message home, and it's so hard." Well, can I let me give you a background about this young boy? He his father was a parish organist and choir master. And as this boy grew up, his dad would pull a piano away from the wall. Um, anybody three here? Who's three that knows that they're three? <laughs> How old are you? Five. What are, no, you're not five. You're only three. Okay. Anybody four? It's okay. To, you can put your little hand up. Uh, who, who have we got? Four. Where's four? Harper. Krampus talking to you. There he is. There's a four. Now, can you imagine Harper being told, stand behind the piano, Harper, and I want to know what chord I'm playing. And he had to stand there until he knew the chord. Four. Look at that little guy. He cute. Takes after his grandfather. There's another four-year. God bless you, honey. At four years old, him and his brother would stand behind the piano. His other brother's name was Artur. They're from Spain. And they had to know the note, the scale, the chord at four. And stood there until they had to learn it. Oh, that doesn't mean he didn't have dinner and lunch and go to school. I mean, that's part of their upbringing. At the age of four, he could play the violin, the piano, and the flute. Harper, you got a long ways to go. (laughs) Joel says, deflected. (laughs) Can you imagine at four, playing a piano, a violin, and a flute, Mike? It's mind-boggling. You know what? You know, remember that fellow that got that National Geographic and he had a, a shout and scream and fit up in the attic? Does everybody remember that story? And his daughter was embarrassed having, him, having her friends over so she wouldn't give him the Bible because he reads the Bible. He actually has a, a jubilee. So they gave him a National Geographic and all of a sudden they hear him jumping, screaming, having a scream and fit upstairs. 
And they go, Dad. They go running upstairs. What's the matter? We didn't give you the Bible. No, he says he gave me the National Geographic. He said there's, place, there's places in the ocean that they can't even find the bottom of it. And that's where my sins went. And then I thought, if a four-year-old could play a piano, a violin, and a flute, Lerlar, I am so happy when we were little boys, we could say, I wanted God, but where was God? There was something in us. Not everybody can, don't get bond, hey, Brother Ryan can probably do all that stuff, but everybody else, don't get in bondage because you can't play the piano, the flute, and the violin at four. Or I would have to pray for your depression. <laughs> At four, he played the violin, the, uh, the piano, and the flute. At the age of six, he was performing solo. Six. It's called gift. He was given a gift. So when you look around the room, you might not play piano, violin, flute, cello, piano, guitar, any other, trombone, trumpet. You might not be able to play it, but by the grace of God, you love his word. When, When those gifts were handed out, all of us were on recess. He could play the piano, he could play the flute, he could play the violin, but that was not enough. There was something else he desired. We went to this church, we went to this church, and we went to this church, and we went to this church. But there was something else we desired. He came across a gentleman that was traveling with a cello strung on a broom handle. I want you to get that. It wasn't fancy. It wasn't the best cello in the world. It was a broomstick. He was was, uh, uh, able to play all these other instruments, instruments at orchestras and concerts. But when he saw the cello of a broomstick, he said, that's the instrument I want. And so he told his father... He said, Dad, I want a cello. So his dad handmade a cello. Can you imagine, Mike, you out in the the garage making Briella cello? A handmade cello. And he practiced and practiced. And finally they gave him a cello. And at 16... He was on the top of his game worldwide. Played for the queen. Played around the world. At 16. And here's what I said. All that to give you this kind of background. When he was 95, Brother Gill. A reporter asked him the question. Mr. Keza. You're 95. You're the greatest cellist that ever lived. Why do you still practice six hours a day? 
Mr. Castle's answer was, because I think I'm making progress. Warren, you'd appreciate that. <laughs> At 95. Why do I come to church? Amen. I think I'm making progress. <laughs> Why do I come on a Wednesday night? I know I'm making progress. Because one glad morning, when this life is o'er, we'll all fly away. Glory. Why do you come to church Wednesday, Sunday, prayer meeting? Because I think I'm making progress. You've been doing it for 40 years. I'm going a little progress, Mike. 45, a little progress. 50, a little more progress. Hallelujah. Till one glad morning, we will put on a change. Hallelujah. Think about it. He could say, I'm the greatest cellist. I don't need to practice anymore. He kept on going. I love that. You're the greatest. You're 95. Why are you still practicing six hours a day? Oh, my. All these little girls and boys that are practicing only an hour a day, you just went up five hours. Because I think I'm making a little progress. That's why Brother Brown could scream out as I was with Moses. My desire, brethren, is to see my church cross over into another land. A desire to move over to the other side. There's something in us calling us. There's something, a response to a call. Sitting down sheep raising ain't enough for us. Go into some sort of business is not enough for you. You got to join a church. You got to put your name on it. It's not enough for us because there's something that's calling us across the ridge yonder, across Jordan, until you fall into the arms of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. We're making a little progress this morning. What sayest thou of thyself? I'm making a little progress, Ryan. You that got a little ache and pain, making a little progress, EBA? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Little progress. I'm not going to give the devil any glory. No. Why would I do that, Milko? We're going to give a little progress here, a real progress report. Yeah. By his stripes I'm healed. Yeah. Hallelujah. And one glad morning, Brother Milko, you and I are going to rejoice around the throne of God, lifting up holy hands, and we'll sing to God, be the glory, great things he's done. But say to thyself, I'm going to heaven. There's a great desire within the believer to see the word manifested in our lives a great desire that only God could put there Brother Bram said you never put it there God put that desire there not a desire to sit in some church and 
put on a Sunday service or put this. It's something that's calling us. Not as Paul writes in Philippians, not as though I've already attained it. I'm making progress. Not that I've already attained either we're already perfect, but I follow after. And may that I might apprehend that which I've apprehended. But I've been apprehended for. That scripture, Julia, was so special to me one day. Because when I read that, it was God that apprehended me. God apprehended you. God got a hold of you. But why did God get a hold of me when there's billions of other people? Because God chose you. You might as well thank God for it. God chose me, elected me in love before the foundation of the world. So back to our scripture. That was their foundation. Back to our scripture now. They said unto him, Who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. What sayest thou of thyself? Well, I just don't know. Kick over a rock or a stone sitting on the bank of the Jordan River. I just don't know who I am. I just go to church. That wasn't his answer. What sayest thou of thyself? He could point to scripture I am that voice crying in the wilderness prepare ye the way of the Lord there was no question of who he was no doubt no nothing Perfect faith. As I said, you've never heard these before. The only thing you have to do is have faith in what you are. What sayest thou of yourself? You only have to have faith in what you are. And what the word says you are. Well, my Bible is the same as your Bible. Says you're an overcomer. You're not a loser. You're an overcomer. How do I overcome? By the word. Not by thought, by the word. Satan, get behind me. How do you win your family? Pray. Pray. Power prayer. Brother Bram says the greatest weapon given to the bride is prayer. You say, well, Brother Victor, you have no problems. Your children, as they grow up, will just say, yes, Daddy, yes, Daddy, yes, Daddy. Well, you will get around some of us when they will say, well, what do you think about that, Dad? I got a different idea. And then come and talk to me. How did you handle that, Tom? Whack. No, no, I'm sorry. No, that was not true. 
You can ask my three boys. They didn't do that. <laughs> but it's very important to give them Christ early. If they can do that with a cello, they can do that with a violin, they can do that with a flute. You give them the word early. Hallelujah. They might see some old ragtag preacher, but they will love what they see. Say, that's what I want to be. I want to be like him. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him. Doesn't matter what you look like. Broomstick. He threw the flute, the piano, threw them all away for a cello. I don't, can't imagine. I should have had a picture of a broomstick cello. But he became the most world-renowned celloist because there was something in him that called to that cello. I say, if God could put that little gift in the natural realm into a little boy, what can he do amongst the church of the living God that said, I don't want Laodicea. I don't want the, what the world has. I only want Jesus. Hallelujah. Have faith in what you are. Have faith in what the Word says you are. Jesus had faith in the Word that said, it is written of me. I think that has to become a slogan around us because the Bible also writes of me that there will be a church without spot, without wrinkle, or any such thing. They read that for years. But invisible union, a prophet comes on the scene, you are the sinless, spotless bride of Jesus Christ. This day, this Thanksgiving, this scripture is fulfilled. Hallelujah. Written in the scripture, Paul wrote it 2,000 years ago. But in this generation, a prophet comes and tells you, you are sinless, spotless, virtuous. Hallelujah. What sayest thou of thyself? That's what I say. It's written of me. Paul wrote of me. Paul wrote, uh, prophesied of me. John prophesied of me. Come on. Jesus had to believe what the word wrote of him. And Brother Bram said, he rose from the dead by one scripture. One scripture. I'll not see my holy one see corruption. And by one scripture, he raised out of the dead. And you've been given more than one scripture. You can be raised up this morning. I was once a sinner far from Jesus, perishing with pride. But then my blessed Savior. Hallelujah, Brother George. The resurrection came by your way. That's what he said in Rising on the Sun. He said, well, Lazarus was raised from the dead. So were you, George. We were raised from the dead, born in sin. Shaped in iniquity, coming to the world speaking lies, stinking sinners, dead, twice dead, but then Jesus came. What sayest thou, son of Nain? 
Well, I was on a pyre. My mom was wailing. I was on my way to a grave. But Jesus walked by. What sayest thou? He raised me from the dead. Glory be to Jesus. Maybe we need some testimonies around here. God raised me from the dead. That's right. Take that devil. He raised you from the dead. Glory. And if he did it once, he'll do it twice. And if he done it twice, he'll do it three times. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do I expect that man to come out of a wheelchair? Yes, I do. I'm not limiting God. Why would you limit God? My, 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 my. Glory. And I wanted to take it a little slower. My. Can you imagine these men filled with the Holy Ghost that are right here? We turn up Cloverdale and Langley upside down. Can you imagine? Upper room experience, Tommy? Huh? Go to, you go to work. Say, so you're looking at me, you're looking at the Word made flesh today. What sayest thou of thyself? I'm a prophesied son of the living God. I'm heir of the Father. I'm joint heirs with the Son. Not an expression, a reality. That is a reality to me. Oh my, I need a few more Shadrach, Meshachs, and Abednego. Are we okay? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. <laughs> I like that. Which one do you want to be? <laughs> Are we, we're going to the fire. Are we okay? We're all right. It's getting a little warmer for them out there. Look, they're dying. They're dying. And we're still walking. Huh? They're dying out there, and we're still walking. Hallelujah. Those that tried to bind us, try to keep us low down. They're dying in the world, but we're still walking. Glory. But there's not only three. There's the fourth man. Hallelujah. The fourth man is in his fire. What sayest thou? That's what I say, Roy. Glory, glory, glory. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now have faith in what the Word says you are. Jesus had faith in what the Word of God said. It's written of me. Didn't David say in the Psalms, all of them spoke of him. I am the bread of life. That came down from God out of heaven. Amen. I am the tree of life out of the garden of Eden. I'm all those things. I am that I am. Jesus had no question. Just like John, he knew exactly who he was. I want you, saints of God, as believers of this message, to realize you know who you are. I know in whom I have believed and am persuaded. I don't have to get pulled to church. I am the church. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Wherever I am, he is. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you, even in you, to the end of the world. I don't have to make it up. It's a living example. Hallelujah. They got to quote some quote to vindicate themselves. I don't have to quote a quote. These brothers don't have to quote a quote. They live the quote. They live the word. You live the word. You live the quotes. Hallelujah. Jesus knew who he was. John knew who he was. Luther knew who he was. Wesley knew who he was. William Seymour knew who he was. Listen, I've read enough. Maybe you've read these books, but let me just rehearse them in your ears. How many have read C.T. Studd? One, two. Okay, I'm going to give you a laundry list of reading. Okay? Just, just a laundry list. And that's spare time reading. That's not your main reading. This is your main reading. C.T. Studd. Smith Wigglesworth. One, I got one hand. Two, three, four, five, six. Okay, write them down. These are good names. These are good biographies. Jack Coe, George Mueller, John Newton, Martin Luther, Brother Pennell, F.F. Bosworth. How many more do we have to write down? That was the church of yesterday. And they did great miracles, Brother Tim, as you know, as you've read them. And they cannot have more than what you've got. Come on, because God's constantly unfolding himself. You can't say George J. Lake is better than Brother Murphy. You cannot say that these brothers have more miracles than what we have. That was the outpouring of the gifts. And we have the giver of the gifts. So we got him plus the gifts. What sayest thou? Hallelujah. We got to dig deeper. We got to pray more. We say, well, Brother Tom, are you a legalist? No, I'm not a legalist. I'm a lovist. (laughs) I hope you got that. I'm a lovist. I love him. I want to be around him. And how do I know I want to be around him? I want to be around you. How do you know that you love God? You love his people. It's not an island to yourselves. Me and me. That sounds like we're back to narcissism. Egotism. What sayest of those thyself? I'm the gift to mankind. You're lucky I showed up at church. Oh, well, you need to get born again. Got really quiet there. That scares me. (laughs) No, we're nothing. He's everything. That's another quotable quote. You're nothing. He's everything. Without him, we're nothing. And he makes the nothing somethings. Hallelujah. What sayest thou of thyself? What sayest thou of thyself? 
Well, I'm perfect. I'm perfect. I let the stones cry out, Tom, you're perfect. <laughs> the Bible says you're perfect. And our perfection isn't in ourselves. Our perfection is at the work of Calvary. And through Calvary, he calls you perfect. So why do you call yourself imperfect? What sayest thou of thyself? I thought somebody would say something. Margaret, you're the first. You get the plaque for perfection. Come on. Jesus had to believe who he was. And what the word said he was. Oh, I'm really going to blow your minds. If you've got a problem with that statement, you hold, put your seatbelt on. When that which is perfect is come, 64, questions and answers, August 23rd evening. Brother Bram said, when that which is perfect is come, that which is in part is done away. So all these things of jumping up and down like a kid, trying to talk in tongues and all these other things, when that which is perfect, when we do have to, what we do have today by God's help is the perfect interpretation of the word with divine vindication. Everybody get that? <laughs> you know, sometimes I, I'll, I'll take an old message. I'll go in my cupboard and I'm, I'm trying to clean it out and I'll pick up that when I, I, man, I'm getting old. I'm looking at something. I used to remember even Brother Ed's titles for 20, 30 years. And now I can, I can I'll look at a message that I preached maybe 15 years ago and say, did I preach that? That's good. <laughs> man, I should preach that again. They'd never know. <laughs> the word's the word. I'm sure the Lord would open it up some more, but I put it back anyways. So what we have today by God's help is the perfect interpretation of the word of divine with divine vindication. Then that which is perfect is done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. That which is in part will be done away with then, and that which is perfect is come, or when that which is perfect is come or made known. That which is come or made known. You still have to stick with me because you might have to get part one and a half to get that seatbelt. It is amazing. It's amazing. That's why, Josiah, I was going to have you come up here. I was going to grab a microphone and say, what's this of thyself? Are you still on fire since camp? Can you say a little louder? I'm deaf now. You still on fire? Yes, sir. Man, I saw, I went back. I went back. I got a list of all that stood up here. That stood up here after camp. Amen. And every one of you, I was going to have the microphone passed to you. What sayest of thyself? Are you still on fire, Jess? 
I'm still on fire. All right. Okay. Josiah got here. Jack, I got down here. Andrew, where's Andrew? Andrew Gruner. Andrew Gruner just rap on the window. (laughs) Glory! Why? If God does something, it's forever. Hallelujah. Right, Paul? When God does something at camp, he does it forever. Hallelujah. Tiffany. Is Tiffany here or is she nursing? Where? Okay, way in the back. You got it. I'm short, okay? Is it still good? Still got the victory. All right. I'm looking around the room because I don't want to call somebody's name who's not here and they should be here. (laughs) Amberly, how are you doing? Praise the Lord. God's honoring you. Sitting right across. God is faithful. God's faithful. What sayest thou of thyself? He's a faithful God. He's a miracle working God. He's a keeping God. A delivering God. Hallelujah. Joe, how are you doing? Because I got your name down here too. Think I forget you? Still good? Still got victory? Let the people know. I got the victory. There you go. Amen. You know, confession's good. It's to keep it alive. That's why witnessing is good. You got to tell that story. And it's not an old story. When Jesus came and saved me. I tell you, what saints of God, that's when you don't let them up for water. You want to ask me my testimony? You're there for a long time. You're sons of God. What sayest thou of thyself? I want you to say, I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm a son of God. Hallelujah. God knew you before a moon, a star, a galaxy, a universe. God knew you. God knew me. Hallelujah. You were always sons and daughters of God. Hallelujah. Only now are you a physical manifestation of the thought of God. Hallelujah. An attribute of God. You always were in God. Phil, I almost I want to see a smile on your face this morning. Are you enjoying yourself? As much as I am? Okay. Right. So now, is he still your victory? I remember when God was dealing with you. And I remember when God was... You were getting real low in Victoria. Huh? That was before. But then when the word... You got to be around brothers that love you. And God started to work. And here you are, a wonderful son of God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Past, listen, saying all of us have past history. All of us have stories that would make you weep. But the blood cleanses us from that. 
and we don't have to look at yesterday. What sayest thou of thyself now? Now! Now I'm a son. Now I'm going to be transformed. Brother Bram said in things that are to be, he said, the blood cleanses it all. You've got the title deed. With that abstract title deed. Everything was struck off. Hallelujah. Curtis, we are the sons of God. And they that are the sons of God are free to worship our God. The things I used to do, I do them no more. What sayest thou of thyself? Hallelujah. Amen. You're a son and daughter of God before there was a sun, moon, star, a molecule. There's only one form of eternal life. And that was you. (laughs) Before. You don't know nothing about it. Neither did you know when you was in your earthly father. But you were manifested in his image. In the image of God you were made. And you were manifested for the glory and fellowship of God. You were. Did you get that? You were manifested for the glory and the fellowship with God if you don't have fellowship you don't have a relationship without a relationship do you know him for there's only one form of eternal life and that was you before you knowed anything you were in him as you were your earthly father before natural birth your spiritual gene had to be in God Because you're an expression of the attribute of his thought before the foundation of the world. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That's exactly right. He said, oh, that's next page. Thank you, Brother Roy. You're ahead of me here. Remember, the grain... Is ripened. The grain is ripened. Everything in the stalk's dead. Can't you see where we're standing? Life is in the grain. Exactly like the same grain that went in the ground. Jesus said, I am that corn of wheat. So what went in the ground is grain again. Hallelujah. Drain again. Believe what the word says you are. I'm grain again. I'm life of his life. Bone of his bone. Spirit of his spirit. I am him. She's him. That's what he said. She's him in bright form. She's him. Amen. Just exactly the same grain. When you were separated in your first union... You were separated in your first union. But when you got born again, now you're born again and remarried to that new spiritual union. 
of your natural life of the things of the world, but not of the natural life of the things of the world, but you now have become a spiritual union with eternal life. The germ that was in you at the beginning found you. So when you were a little baby, that germ was in you, found you. Some of you were 20. Some of you were five. Some of you were seven. Some of you were 21. Some of you were 30. But that germ in you found you. And that germ was God. Found you. What sayest thou of thyself? The germ in me found me. <laughs> Glory. And I was, I was young as you fellows are there. I'd scream it from the mountain. I'd scream it in the valley. Hallelujah. They were stalks, but the weed has come up. And now it's begun to form in bride form. It went into the ground, come up through the stalk. It went up through Wesley, kept on going. Remember the head of gold? It is up, goes down. God starts from down, goes up. Right? And then he said, he said, Luther is the thighs of Wesley's the body. He said, then came Pentecost the mouth. Then comes the eyes of Malachi 4. Then comes the intelligence, the almighty God, the wigged one himself. Come on, help me preach. The wigged one himself is the intelligence of God. Hallelujah. Oh, isn't he lovely? Can you give me a few more minutes to, tell, to talk about him a bit? John knew who he was. Jesus knew who he was. By the grace of God, we know who we are and what we're made up for, the original life. Brother Ernie, years ago in the log church, had this colored preacher. I had an old deep voice. And he, and, he, and he preached for about 25 minutes on the description of God. I mean, remember that. Mike, you remember that? That was awesome. I looked for it. I just thought I'd play that again. It's amazing. But since I couldn't find it, I made one myself, okay? I don't have that deep voice. <laughs> but keep on saying, that's my God. Okay? When I finish the service, say, that's my God. Uh-huh. Our lovely Lord Jesus, he was Messiah at the woman at the well. <laughs> That's my God. What sayest thou of thyself? Well, I live with five husbands. The ones that I live with now, I do not like. And I'm sure she wasn't a very happy person when she came to that well. No other women were there to fellowship. She lived a lonely life. As far as they were concerned, she was a Samaritan. She was a dog. She wasn't worth looking at. They had false religion. She was a nothing. But Jesus was there. How many felt that way? Lonely. Had friends all around you, but lonely. Hmm? And they're trying to pump you up, and you're just sitting there pouting, huh? wondering what life's all about. Lonely. But she went to a well one day, and Jesus said, I must go by the way of Samaria. Why? He was going to find that germ. Well, when the, look, where would she go to church? 
They didn't allow her to go to church. Did they allow her to go in Samaria? I don't know what they did in Samaria. But somehow, when the Messiah comes, he'll do these things. Hmm? I that speak to thee am he. (laughs) She dropped the water pot. You better believe I would have dropped the water pot. She dropped the water pot and went running into the city to tell him about a man who told her all things. She only told him really one thing. Husband, you've had five and the ones you're with is not your husband. But Jesus became her husband. Seven's always good. That's my God. He's my redeemer. Isaiah 59, verse 20. Amen. He's my redeemer, Job says in Job 19, 25. He's the beloved son. He's the prince of peace. He's the alpha and omega. He's the Emmanuel. He's the mediator. He's the lamb of God. He is the word of God. He is Emmanuel. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And he's the living stone. And he's that stone cut out of a mountain without hands. That was a a very short rendition of what he is. But if you want to look it up, there's over a thousand in the scripture. The names of our God. The description of my God. And Jesus knew, I am that I am. I am the bread of heaven. He knew who he was. John knew who he was. Come on, right? We know who we are. What sayest thou of thyself? Bride. He's the bond servant. He's the branch out of the root. He's a nobleman. He's the chosen and precious cornerstone. He's the crown of glory. He's the glorious one. He is the diadem of beauty. He's the fragrant offering. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the foundation stone. He's the polished arrow. He's the quickening spirit. He's the refuge in a time of storm. Hallelujah. I is the star out of Jacob. He's the stone cutter without hands. He's the very present help in time of trouble. And that is my God. Hallelujah. Moses. I want to give Moses the microphone here this morning. Hello. I guess I don't need one. Hello, hello. Moses. What sayest thou of thyself? Well, I'm as a backslidden prophet. I'm on the backside of a desert. I'm 80 years old. God could have used me when I was 40. Killed a man. Woe is me. Woe is me. Bah, bah. Thousands of sheep. Bah, bah. Stinking like sheep. Bah, bah. And all of a sudden, a burning bush came. Now what sayest thou of thyself? I am a prophet. I am a deliverer. (laughs) Hallelujah. You get an encounter with the pillar of fire. It'll change you from what you are to what you are now. Hallelujah. I went to church on Sunday morning. I felt a little bit low. But then the preacher told me who I was in him. And in him I'm perfect. Hallelujah. What say is thou, Joshua? What say is thou? Oh, let me get the microphone. What do you say, Joshua? 
He's the captain of the Lord of hosts. I was a little bit afraid. I didn't know how these walls were coming down. But then he told me, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Amen. I'll give you every place that your foot steps on. You might be nervous this morning, but get into the presence of God. You can conquer Satan's kingdom. Let the walls come down. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. Hallelujah. Gideon, here's the microphone. Well, I was hiding under a wine press. I was afraid of what the Midianites would do and the Amorites and the children of the East would do. So I got crushed myself a little bit. But then I take a different pathway. And I came by a tree. And by that tree was sitting a man. But it was more than a man. <laughs> Hello, thou mighty man of valor. And I'm sure he looked around and said, is there more than me here? But God was speaking to Gideon. Come on, Gideon. God has spoken to you. You are a mighty bride of valor. You are overcomers in this age. Uh Uh-huh. But there's 132,000. And you can muster up only 32,000. He says, you got too many men. Too many men. Gideon said, well, okay. He says, go to the river. The way they drink will show me whether or not who will be with you and who will be before you and who will be against you, whatever the may be. So he goes to the river. He says, those that bowed on their knees, they said, been bowing to too many gods. But he said, those that took that hand with the water and they kept looking around. Where is the God of my salvation? Where is that God that delivered Israel? Uh-huh. The 300 of them. They went after 132,000. 132,000 weaponized warriors. Weaponized. Sword. Oh, no. Spear. Sword. Shield. Here, Gideon, here's your 300 men. Pot. Light. You'd look at that and say, crazy. That's crazy. But our God's a mighty God. Praise the Lord. Break the pot. Put the light in the pot first. Break the pot and shout. The Lord, the Lord, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. Well, the sword was not a sword. The sword came out of his mouth. The sword is your confession. Come on, people. The sword is your confession. Hallelujah. Satan, get behind me. Glory be to Jesus. But then let me get a Jean Manassie up here. I was called from the Congo. Came to SFU, but it came to a church one day, sat on the back pew, but then all of a sudden the word came by my way. He said, Brother Tom, I need to get baptized, Horeb. I need to get baptized. You will see your brother get baptized. 
or he was baptized. You'll see. He gets baptized. He said, before I get baptized, Brother Tom, how do I know I'm going to get the Holy Ghost? I said, because the Word says you'll get the Holy Ghost. I said, there's no doubt in this confession. You speak that word. I'll receive the Holy Ghost. And he's been a preaching machine ever since. Hallelujah. What sayest thou of thyself? <laughs> I am the elected of God chosen. All my soul and all that is within me, bless his holy name. How many could stand here? I could take it from, from the front here all the way to the back up there. Say, what do you say of yourself? What do you say? I sure ain't what I used to be. But I ain't what I want to be. But I'm going to be what I want to be. Hallelujah. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. And I told Satan, get thee behind. Oh, victory today is mine. Once again, oh, victory is mine. Yes, victory is mine. Victory.
This service could go for a while, huh? I'm going to throw a song at you, but Ryan, I've been changed. Not that one. I won't go back. You remember that one? We have those words, but a Joe. Amen. Do you remember this song? I've been changed. I've been healed. Amen. What's the rest of it? There we go. I found joy. I found peace. You know this song? I, want, I, I thought this song just early in the service. I said, I won't go back. What do you say? I won't never go back to where I was before that. Amen. Before the presence came and changed me. Amen. Let's sing that. I've been changed.
Remember the herb? That's your testimony. I won't go back. What sayest thou? I ain't going back because he changed me. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Have your seats, please. Brother Patrick, Sister Lawrence, why don't you step out a little bit so everybody... Matumbo? Matumbo? Say louder for me. Matumbi. Yeah. Oh, okay. Who here? Yes. Last name. Yeah, no. No, I know that's your first. Yeah. Mom and dad are standing there. We want everybody to know they snuck in here just before COVID, right? And then COVID came and they had two years of no fellowship. It breaks my heart to know that. And yet God saw them. And God interrupted their lives to a precious sister, Anna. And I'm so thankful that the footsteps of the righteous, Brother Horror, are known of the Lord. And God has honored you all the way from Congo to Vancouver, British Columbia, to a place you do not know, but to a God that's present, who knows you and knows you, Horror. Knows you. I mentioned Moses this morning. It was in my notes. And then uh, as I was closing my notes, I thought I'm going to think about and pray about Horeb, about the Holy Spirit filling you, Brother Horeb. He stood here last Sunday morning by himself, daddy sick, and by himself alone stood here and waited till somebody would pray for him and speak to him about baptism, wanting to go on with God and not knowing Horeb Horeb is maybe not the most extrovert person and daddy watched him on the internet and said he's standing there and for me it looked it sounded like it looked like eternity because I was in a back pastor study and the brothers were praying and then I came out to pray I said brother Horeb I said brother uh, what's your name he said, I'm Horeb. Well, we met in the office and, uh, months ago, and I think he was there. So now I'm looking up to a young man who has grown, but not only grown in stature, grown in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And that's more important to me. That's very much more important to me. Brother Bram said, Moses, the great old sheep herder now, he was 80 years old. He was 40 before he got a stand for God, and then he herded sheep. I guess he's another 40 years in the desert. He's old, gray, wrinkled, whiskers flowing down, gray hair. He was not in church, but he was under Mount Horeb. And God never come down through a sermon, but in a burning bush, in an unexpected time, in an unexpected place, in an unexpected way. Who would have thought traveling from a land to hear that God would come to your mountain and God would deal with you, Horeb? That's God's sovereignty. Amen. You love the Lord Jesus? He's your Savior. You've accepted the blood of the Lamb. Let's pray. 
Lord, I stand here in awe how you deal and lead your children home. And Brother Horeb, Lord, desires more of God and realizes, Lord, he needed to be baptized, needed to be identified in your death, burial, and resurrection, needed to take the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that you'll fill him with the Holy Ghost. And the same pillar of fire that burned in that bush that met Moses. May it change this young man and fill him and use him for the glory of God. May you lead him as you have. And may that word become more real and alive to his soul. Let the dove and let the glory of God fill this temple this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Brother Horb. You turn this way. All right. Amen. By your confession that Jesus Christ is your personal Savior, I baptize you in true Christian baptism in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. say this I know brother Tom didn't we can stand and here as we come to a close but I'll say brother Horb and sister Grace they started coming to the school just a little bit ago maybe about a couple months ago and now to say to the students and to the teachers don't underestimate the power of the atmosphere of that little school building across the parking lot you can come from another school, another place, in just a short little bit of time that you can come into an atmosphere. What happens to a little egg that's in the right atmosphere, an incubator? It's called life comes forth. And you put life in the right atmosphere, the incubator, and life comes forth. And so I say to our teachers and to our students and such, you're impacting. That in the baptismal tank is because it is an atmosphere that the Lord is allowed to be around, brother, horrible like that, and can then stir something in his heart. Amen. And so I, I just give glory to the Lord. You all have a part in that. You all have a part in what was in the tank this morning. Amen. Amen. So let's let an atmosphere, but a game. Amen. I, I, was, I thought brother Tom would get to it this morning. Maybe he was, and, his, and I was thinking about David. As he got to brother, as he, <laughs> brother, as he got to Goliath. Far from a brother. <laughs> and I was thinking about Brother Tom said, What sayest thou of thyself? And he would be coming to a Goliath that was saying all, disdaining him, disgorning him, pu- putting him down. Who do you think you are? What do you think I am, a dog? And all that he was saying to belittle David and who David was. But David just had to reach back and remember who he was because he remembered he was an anointed David. Amen. It didn't matter what was before him. And so he was just repeating then, wait a second, Goliath. I've been anointed for this moment to come against you. So then we know what happens, didn't we? Then I want to skip you ahead a little ways into the story because David, of course, killed Goliath. But you know what happened to Goliath's sword? It went away into a priest had it. Right? And David then came and he needed some victuals and such. And then he was given Goliath's sword. And I thought about Goliath's sword. Like what would be the pertinent aspect of Goliath's sword? But you know what it was? And I'm just, this is just me. 
is David was given, he took, he used what Goliath was going to intend against David to then use in battle against the enemy himself. And I thought, my goodness, go take what the devil has tried to do to you and take it from your sheath and use it against him. What is that? Is the testimony of what God did for you. What say it thou? Pull out and put this guy's sword in the face of the enemy and speak to him what he tried to do to you. What sayest thou? I've been freed. What sayest thou? I've been delivered. What sayest thou? I've been healed. What is it? It's Goliath's sword back in the face of the enemy. Amen. Let's sing fourth man, brother Ryan, because we have to sing fourth man after that, because I'm Mishael this morning, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and here I am, the fire don't touch me. What sayest thou, Mishael, Michael Ray? The smoke doesn't even smell on me. That's what I say. I walked into a fire. What say thou, brother Mishael? I won't bend. What do you say, brother Abednego? I won't bow. What do you say, brother Shadrach? I won't burn. Amen. That's our testimony. What says thou? That's here I am standing in Laodicea. You're going to have to help me. Amen. Let's sing that. Is that your testimony? Yes, sir. The moment now has come. Here we go, Brother Ryan.
them tonight and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for being the fourth man in my fire. When it seemed that nothing could, it was all impossible, nothing could be done, my accusers stood before me. Oh, thank you, Lord, this morning for the word this morning. Lord, that indeed we can say as a group of people, what sayest thou? I say I am free, I am saved by none other than the fourth man, the son of man revealed in this day. Oh, to pluck us out of the miry clay, Lord. Oh, God, you're still a deliverer. You're still a saver. You're still a healer this morning. Oh, may the mighty presence of God so move in our midst again, Lord Jesus, proving, Lord, they're proving that your word is still the same. Glory be your name. We worship you, oh God. Have your way this morning. Oh, have your way, oh God. Take control of this little meeting, oh Lord. Lord, continue to soften hearts, oh God. Hallelujah. Have your way, oh God. Have your way, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name. Blessed be your name.
dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for this glorious atmosphere of your presence. Father, I am so happy, Lord. I've never been so happy like I've been this morning. And I'm not standing behind this sacred desk this morning to say something that I have not felt, but I have felt very happy in your presence this morning. And where the presence of the Lord is just joy, there's happiness, there's healing, there's deliverance, because we're in the presence of the great I am, the God of gods and the King of kings. Our Father has visited us this morning and has spoken through your servant, our pastor this morning, and we want to thank you for the word that has come to deliver us this morning, Father. We know that you were here, Father, because you have said in thy word where two or three are gathered in my name, there will I be in their presence, in their midst. And to this morning, we just want to invite and thank you for your glorious presence that we felt this morning, Lord. And in your presence, just fullness of joy. And at thy right hand, there are pleasures forevermore, Father. Father, we've come empty, but today we are living full because we have received your glorious presence in our lives this morning. Lord, we thank you that your word is true this morning. Everything that your servant have ministered to us, we believe, we know that it's you who have spoken to us, Father. And we take your word and we go and we let it resonate in every area of our lives this morning. In our families, Lord, in our home, in our, in, in our work, and every that we would think that we would lay our lives to do, let the expression of Christ be manifested, O oh God, in every area of our lives, in our children, Father. And today, as you have spoken, Lord, we declare that our homes, our children are saved, Lord, and every backslidden son and daughter of God. Every prodigal son and daughter of God is now released and is coming back into the shipfold this morning, Father. And we believe, Lord, for healing for every soul that is here this morning. Not just, oh God, for the physical man, but, oh God, for the spiritual man this morning. Let the word of God, Father, that we've heard this morning, anchor in our hearts, anchor in our souls, anchor in our mind, Lord. Because today you have visited us in a special way, Lord. We thank you for the message. We thank you for your servant, Brother Tom, Lord. We just ask that, Lord, you will pour back into him that which he have poured into us this morning. Use the man of God. Use a pastor, oh God, to continue to forge through, Lord. And bring that word that is able to deliver us. That word that is able to anchor our hearts into you, Father. And to bring us into this glorious rapture season that we are looking so much forward to, Father. Bless your servant this morning. Bless each heart that is... Oh God, represented here in this tabernacle. Bless every soul of uh, son and daughter of God, Father, this morning. We thank you, Lord. Oh God, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your presence. Oh 
God, we are so grateful for your presence this morning, Lord. We know that you are here always, Father, but today there was special to us, Lord. And as David said, it was good to be in the house of the Lord. I feel so good, Lord. I, I don't know how to express it. I just want to thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you. I just want to thank you for this day, Lord. For this is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless your people today, Father. O oh God, go with each one, Father. And let this presence continue to manifest in our lives, we ask. In the precious, wonderful, holy name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Isn't he wonderful? Let's just sing if say, Lord, thank you for coming this morning to church with us this morning. Thank you for coming here. Maybe as we would shake hands or before we do that, let's just tell him. Shake each one's hand, say God bless you. Have a wonderful week.